Hey everybody, welcome to BeautyCast Network's Mastering Beauty, a podcast for beauty, barbering, and wellness professionals looking for successful, sustainable, and satisfying careers. Every Sunday, we feature brilliant professionals from across the industry offering their best advice on a variety of topics. I'm Gordon Miller, CEO of BeautyCast Network and your podcast host. And today, our guest is Stacia Kelly, longtime men's grooming specialist, artist, educator, and artistic director for Sport Clips. In this really big job, Stacia plays a key role as a leader of one of the largest employers of professionals in the entire pro beauty space. Welcome to the Mastering Beauty Podcast, Sport Clips Artistic Director, Stacia Kelly. Hi, it's so nice to be here. Thank you for having me. So nice to have you. Um, We just had a fun kind of pre-conversation, and I I now am convinced we need a multi-part podcast. We have a lot in common. We, We love education. We love technology. Yay. Um, we, we love podcasts. Yes, we do. And I'll say something that we didn't say in our prep. I think I discovered this about you, kind of. Two things. Um, you love Halloween makeup. I do. You're obsessed. I really do. You're kind yes. of obsessed. And I kind of you- am. It's kind of just a little side thing, you know? So, well, I see you on social. And you. I think you maybe love pink. Oh, I, yeah, I do. I love pink so much. Me, and I've followed her since the beginning. Oh, yeah. me, I haven't followed since the beginning, but um, I kind of came late to pink. I think after she did doc- the documentary a couple years ago from Wembley. Um, oh yeah. Which was a great documentary. She's on tour and actually went to two shows already this year. Uh-huh. Um, I love going to see her in person. It's just a, um, an amazing experience. It really is. I can't wait till she's here because I she is on my bucket list of, of concert people to see. So you have to. All right, let's talk beauty. So so the first question we ask every guest, you know, is best advice that anybody has ever given to you that has helped you in in growing your career, um, and advice, of course, that you think our audience might benefit from. Sure, I I think my mother really gave me the best advice growing up. You know, and she's not in the beauty industry or anything like that, but she was a single mother for a long time, and she just really told me to be persistent with what I do and don't wait for other people to help you. Um, you know, you really have to put yourself out there and you have to try hard and you have to work hard and you have to earn what you get. So it's the best advice. Yes. And it's always <laughs> nice when you can kind of do the dotted line back to mom, right? It's just, Absolutely. <laughs> so I very much feel the same way. And so let's just take a, a moment to talk about your career because you have a really big job, you know, at one of the biggest men's grooming organizations in the entire world. That would be sport clips. And, you know, and um, yeah. And so talk about how did how did you get to the organization and and, and kind of the short version of your journey to where you are today? Because I I did look into things and you've had a lot of different roles. I have. I've had a lot of different roles. Um, I started as a coordinator at sport clips. Um, It was opening in Wichita, Kansas. And my teachers knew that I took all, you know, I wanted all the male clients because I recognized really early on that it was quick money. They were pretty nice about everything. Mm-hmm. They let me, you know, take my time and explore. We had great conversation and I just felt comfortable in that type of clientele. So, you know, my teachers encouraged me to try out sport clips and I did. And I started as a coordinator. I worked for probably three months before I became a stylist, even though I was already a license. Um, and then it just, it kept snowballing. I fell in love to men's group with men's grooming 
um, you know, as a stylist, and then I moved up to assistant manager, manager, I probably managed for about four years before I had an opportunity to be an educator where I had to move to Kansas City. Um, and we call those coaches at Sport Clips. I was in Kansas City for about six years being the coach in that Kansas City market. And I, I loved it. And then I had the opportunity to audition to be an artistic team member. And that's kind of like a platform artist for like a national ambassador for Sport Clips. And I really wanted just to continue my growth and continue my education, um, being persistent once again, just pushing my way through and um, being, on, being on the artistic team and having the opportunities that I had to learn from some of our amazing part, uh, partners like John Paul Mitchell System, Gibbs, um, American Crew, Nioxin, Active, all of them. Um, it just really gave me so many different avenues of education and it just developed my presentation skills. And then I moved up into the artistic director role. So I got to lead the team and create these opportunities for others. And I also get to be a part of helping all of the coaches nationwide with sport clips. We have about 100 coaches spread out across the United States. And I get to help develop them. And sometimes I look back as a coach and as an educator, and I wanted somebody to develop me. And there wasn't really a role back then. And so now I see what they want. And I want to give that to them because I want to help people, you know, create their own path if they're willing to do it and put the hard work in because there's so much to share with others that you gain along the way. And I think that's really important just to give back to the new generation. And that's what I'm excited about. And so today you've got not one, but two titles. <laughs> so I do. You are, the artist, you are the artistic team director. And then when you're not being the artistic team director, you are the director of training content. If I got that, did I get that right? That's correct. That is correct. So two hats, two yeah. titles. And I, there must be some dotted line stuff between them, obviously, because, you know, it sounds like um, there's got to be some synergies. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's definitely dotted lines. I mean, I know that like our artistic team is really about a recruitment and getting in front of future professionals and showing them what, what Sport Clips has to offer. But they also have a big role in being the face of Sport Clips internally. So they help at a lot of our big events, teaching education to our coaches, teaching education to our, our managers and things like that. And then on the other side, I get to work with creating content for our coaches, keeping up to date with our education. I think that's extremely important um, with technology, the new generations coming in. It's my job to go out there and look for how, how do we really relate to the new generation in terms of education? How do we think about their learning styles? How do we incorporate social into it and have it make it fun for people to learn and grow in this industry? And speaking of, of, of making it fun, I, I was on a call recently with, with some of your executive team and they mentioned you've got something called Battle of the Hair coming up. Yes. And I, I love a good competition. So, 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 so tell the audience about it because students from all over the country, cosmetology, barbering students all have the ability to be a part of this if they choose to. Absolutely. So the Battle of the Hair is a student competition that Sport Clips put on, puts on for all the schools nationwide. And the opportunity they get if they choose to partake, which I know hairstylists love a good competition, but they also love to be creative and to show off the art or the hard work that they've been you know, building over the time being in school. So we really want to 
showcase that. And then um, the six finalists get to come to our national huddle and it changes locations every year, but it's a big hair show, just four clips. They get to have hands-on training with some of our partners, meet the artistic team, be on the big stage around, you know, with 3000 people watching them. And we also give away a scholarship to put, you know, to give back to their, the money they put into their schooling. So we're really in great partnerships with all the schools out there. We love to be a part of it because we understand how difficult it can be to get through um, hair school when it comes to, you know, the money you pay. And we want to be able to help that help out and give back to them. And I love that the competition has actually been made simple. So to the audience, I would say, pay attention to this part <laughs> because you have. I mean, it's really a, a photographic contest at, at its beginning, right, to get to the finals. Correct. Yeah. You are going to take, you know, do any haircut you want. Mm -hmm. you know? open and then take pictures of your your after photos and submit those you're going to go to our website at www.sportclips.com go to our contest and you upload them there it kind of tells lays it out it's really easy and take a picture of yourself and then we decide and it has the dates and everything so i still love that so and, and i uh, perhaps it's a rumor but i think i heard that scholarship was five thousand dollars that is correct. $5,000. That's some serious bank. And um, I wish I had that. Right? So, so, well, you're not eligible to be in the contest, I hate to tell you. Yeah, um, <laughs> and I finally get off all my, my payments, so we're good. All right. So, um, yes, I encourage everybody to go check that out. A, the opportunity for, for young people listening, regardless of age, to meet somebody like you and the entire team there, I think is really cool. And you and I talked before we got started, I, I just believe so much in the power of just the process of competing. It's not about winning so much, it's that process of, of thinking about your work, planning your work, executing your work, you know, having some discipline, all that stuff is, is really powerful for the rest of your career. For sure. I think that you don't really, you don't really know who you're competing against. So it almost like helps you push, you know, yourself deep inside, like to be the best and to create the best and show your best. And so that really kind of resonates with the rest of your career because you, you're, you're in competition, but you're in competition with yourself and, and your success in your career. And so it really helps guide that. And all that same stuff, you know, looking at somebody like you, I am sure that over the course of your career, that the quality of your work, the ability to work with other people, all that stuff that we, we just mentioned that I think could be really positive as an experience coming out of competition. I'm sure a lot of those were the kind of the little boxes that had to be checked for someone to tap you and say, hey, do you want to be your artistic director of the biggest, one of the biggest organizations on the planet? Yeah, it absolutely did. I, I love competition. I also love being around people. Like I'm a team oriented person for sure. I want to be hands-on with other people. I want them to see, you know, I have compassion with where they're at and I want to help them get to where I've been or even further, you know, it's not, it's not, I know everything or anything like that. I think it's just, this is what I know and this is what I want to share. So a person who wants to someday be in a role like yours, and let's start with just a member of the team and, and, and hopefully over time, a leader of a team, but artistic team, you know, that's a, that's fairly unique. And that whole ambassador role, I think you all have a, a unique twist on this idea. So talk a little bit about kind of the attributes of the ideal person to become a member of the Sport Clips artistic team. Sure. And we, we just went through the application process for a few new members. Um, and what we're looking, of course, we want our, your technical skills to kind of be there, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, but we also know that those things are learned and shared by others. So that can always get better and better. 
um, what we're really looking at is leaders of our of our company, people that you know follow our values, do what's right, do your best, and treat others the way they want to be treated. We want to see leaders that want to give back what they've learned, that want to work closely next to people and help share their experiences and help them grow and develop. So they're really ambassadors of our values is what we're looking for. I love that. I love that. And in these particular roles, I mean, as you said, I think it's both inside and outside of the company, the, 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 the place where they have an opportunity to, to shine. But it also, it sounds like outside they're perhaps at, at, at shows, but in schools, which I think is a really interesting opportunity. I don't think most of us spend enough time visiting schools. I, I, they're such an important part of the industry, but they often, we don't think about them. They become an afterthought. And I think these folks are really fortunate to be out there spending time. Absolutely. I don't think that um, Sport Club sees future professionals as afterthoughts at all. I think that is a huge, huge thing in our industry or in our company is to focus on getting into schools and not only with the artistic team on a national level. And that's, of course, at trade shows and things like that. But um, also we have ambassadors all over the United States that are coaches that go into schools in their local areas because we need mass amount of people to be able to deliver the same type of education to all the schools we can touch. I was just at the premiere show in, in Columbus, uh, I don't know, probably a month or two ago now, but I was lucky enough to meet two of your coaches, you know, in that marketplace. And, and they brought so much great energy into the room with them and, um, and had a pretty good throw of, of, of they were throwing t-shirts and they, they all, they both had good arms. Let me say it that way. The audience appreciated that very, very much. So, but it is great to see, you know, folks from your organization out there coming in contact regularly with, with students and young people and, and actually visiting schools. Again, I, I wish more were doing the same thing. Yeah. Energy is a great, a great term. I think that we all need to have behind it because when you go into a school, and, you know, the, the students are kind of like, I don't know really what's out there yet. But the energy as, you know, a veteran in the industry, we have to give that energy of open arms and like, hey, we're here to help you and not we know better than everybody else. Because I think we see that a lot in this industry. And that is not what we're trying to. We're pushing people away when we do stuff like that. So, you know, with our culture at Sport Clips and the energy we provide, that's what we want to we want to provide is, hey, this is a safe place. We're here to help develop you and grow you. If you choose men's grooming, this is a great place to start and um, see if you fall in love with it, just like we did. Well, I, I love, you know, the evolution of the men's grooming space. Um, like maybe first because I'm a guy, but but I think more importantly, I've been in the industry a long time. And I think, you know, there was an era where we didn't really talk about it, you know, and I so so many of, of my guy friends were never really quite happy with the service that they were provided in a more traditional salon. But they also weren't really that thrilled with the old school barbershop idea before the evolution of, of social media and what we've seen happen recently. And so I, I love, you know, that you guys are in this space because I think it's just opened up a level of quality that a lot of consumers, guys, or those looking for those kind of haircuts haven't been able to find in, until an organization like yours came along. Yeah. Um, our CEO and founder, Gordon, when he had this idea, he he basically, uh, you know, he owned Command Performance and that was a uh, salon. And he thought to himself, he didn't feel comfortable getting his haircut there. And it's kind uh. of just the same thing that most men think. Right. So he kind of found that niche really early on. And he was like, we got to find a place where men feel comfortable, but also they're getting the same type of service and customization as a woman gets when they go to a salon. And so that really wasn't available 
you know, before. So I think he really, he found the spot and hit it, hit the nail on the head for sure. And a lot of people coming through school, I think today, but always, I, I think, you know, have an interest in specialization. And I think, again, this is a really unique opportunity with an organization like Sport Clips because you, you are, in a sense, specializing in at least a, a certain type of, of work. And there's great value in that, I think, to those who want to be there, who want to specialize, who, like you, are, are drawn to that kind of work for all kinds of reasons. Um, I would also say, and I don't, I don't know how true this is, you'll, you'll know better than me. I always, I always think guys are very loyal and, and good tippers. Yes. And their service doesn't take as long. And so that's you're, powerful. You're, <laughs> that is powerful, right? Um, I think sometimes... You know, even having somebody in your chair, the conversation can get daunting if it's three hours yep. long. Yeah. So kind yes. of like, what am I going to talk about next? What am yes. I going to talk about next? Um, but yeah, when you have male clients, that kind of moves. It, it's a little easier to keep that conversation going. You have new people to talk to all the time. And it, it just makes your life as a hairstylist more interesting, honestly, because you get to meet so many other people throughout the day. No, I, I think there's just, you know, so much truth to that. Thinking back on your the beginnings of your career, if, if, if you could, you know, do the, you know, talk to your younger self, are there, are there things that you wish someone had told you when you were in school or someone had told you towards the beginning of your career that in retrospect, you're like, gosh, if I'd known that it would have been easier or maybe I would have got there a little faster. Any, anything come to mind? Um, I think one thing comes to mind and it's, you know, when you start out in hair school, you have a dream. For some reason, we have a dream of what we want to be. And I think once you get into the industry and you start exploring things, that dream is going to shift. And that's OK. I think that's where you really start to realize the different opportunities this industry can provide, whether it's being a manager of, of a store and really learning the business side. I think a lot of a lot of times, at least I did, I didn't think that I had that knowledge or that capability um, of strength as a businesswoman. But I really did. And I was good at it in the operations and the numbers. And that was fun for me. And that was an avenue I took. But then I also recognized education and the give back when a stylist is like, hey, Stacia, you know, you taught me this in, in, in one of my classes. And look, it's making my fade so much better. And that give back for me is what sold it. And that's where I knew the education is where I wanted to be. But I had no idea starting in school that that would be the avenue I would go. You know, I think I thought I want to be a platform artist. That's what everybody thinks, right? Or I want to be color. I want to do color all the time and I want to do cool things. And sometimes what you dream of isn't really reality once you hit, you know, the real world. So it just changes and it shifted and shifts. And I think that's okay. And just know that you may find something you never knew was inside of you before. I, I think dreams are, are supposed to change over time. In part, because hopefully we'll check off some of those boxes. You know, we, we got to them. Then we better get ready for the next dream or we're going to get stuck. Exactly. And, and then also, uh, kind of as you were saying, I mean, we don't, we don't always know enough to know if the dreams that we have are actually the dreams that make the most sense for us over time. And so I think, again, it's, I think it's important to check. I like to check in once a year with myself, you know, we're, we're, we're coming up on New Year's. And so to me, it's that, it's that, hmm, what was I thinking this year? And A, what did I accomplish? But B, did I lose my mind? Was I really thinking about the right dreams? <laughs> yeah, that's a great, that's a great idea um, to always, you know, January 1st, think about, think back on the year before, um, where were you at? What did you accomplish over the time? And if you accomplish anything, then you're, you're on the right path. 
Yeah, I, I think so. So if, if you were to think of talking about dreams for this next generation of professionals coming in specifically to sport clips, let's let's focus on that. But any because every generation is different, you know, uh, the world is changing, the industry is changing, you know, um, consumers are changing. Any thoughts about the next folks coming up, um, new ideas for them, things that we can do better for them? Yeah, I think. Yeah, keep in mind kind of the core that the hair industry has built itself from, but also know that you can take it in any direction you want. And I think that type of innovative discoveries, I mean, who knows what this industry can really become. And, you know, like if you were to think back to the back to the future, right, and you were to Mm -hmm. see ourselves 20 years from now and everybody has these crazy pink wigs with airplanes sticking out of them. I mean, who knows Mm -hmm. what's going to happen and just don't be afraid to break those barriers and, you know, stay true to like what was of this industry, but build off of that and take it wherever you'd like to. I love that. I, w- I want to talk for a moment about anxiety and I want to talk about it from the perspective of people coming into the industry or people who've been in the industry for a long time, but who are looking to do something different. I remember when I graduated from college, as I said, I'm, I'm not a hairdresser, but and I did four years and I was scared to death to go on my first interview. And I, you know, we, we talk a lot about like, you know, state board test anxiety, but I don't think we talk enough about interview anxiety. And I think I know so many professionals who maybe didn't get as far as they wanted because they just kind of got stuck in themselves and couldn't go after that next important thing for them, even though they were completely capable, but you know, we get in our own way sometimes. And um, so as somebody who's with an organization that hires a lot of people, you know, what would you say to maybe ease somebody's mind about that anxiety? Um, anxiety is so relevant these days. And I think we're just more in tune to our own anxiety. Um, when, when before, I think we just pushed through because we were supposed to. Um, but I think that's, that's something to look back at is we pushed through. Um, I think that we realized once we got over something that was scary, we realized, well, uh, yeah, I didn't die. Um, so on to the next, on to the next thing. Right. Um, I think preparing yourself helps a lot with anxiety you know, um, but also be yourself. I think that's what you really want to see in an interview. I think there's a lot of over the years, it's been a lot of like, I can tell when your scripted answers are scripted mm-hmm. answers, right? Yep. Or yep. nowadays we have chat GBT to do a lot of our, our thinking for us, but <clears throat> you know, just true good souls that want to, you know, talk about them, just be genuine, be genuine on what you want, what you want to get out of this company that you're interviewing for and I think that people see the kindness in others. And that's that's really like what I strive for when I see an interview um, is be genuine, um, be coachable, be prepared to um, learn new things. And I would hire you for sure. Let's talk about be coachable because I think that is massively important. And I think of such great value to an organization, but mostly to the person being coached if they have a good, if they have a great coach. And there's just so much opportunity to kind of take things in from those who have experience. And again, sometimes we get in our own way and and don't open ourselves up to it. So talk about your philosophy about coaching. Yeah, I think coaching is extremely, extremely important. Um, But, and you always have to be, um, be able to be coachable throughout your, it doesn't matter how far you get in this industry, you have to continue to learn and you have to know that there's other people out there that can give you advice and move you forward. So, um, you know, being coachable is just 
being open to um, somebody coming in and just giving you some advice and maybe a, a quicker way or a faster way or a different way, things like that. But um, that's all going to add to your toolbox and only going to make you you a better uh, stylist or a person in general. I think the the difference is the approach of the approach to coaching. Some people don't have it. Maybe they're a little bit more aggressive. So immediately somebody that's being coached is a little defensive with it. So I think that's, it goes from the coach itself and being, you know, approaching people the correct way or the way they want to be approached. And that's a conversation they need to have, but always, always be open to other people um, helping you out because it's only going to grow you. And I think, you know, to that last point, and I would apply this to whether you are a coach or whether you are being coached, I think that kind of coaching relationship begins from both sides with respect. Yes. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm thinking back right now of I played softball pretty heavily um, growing up and I had a coach at my high school and he really ruined it for me. And softball was my life, you know, and I think I've always taken that and learned from it of what I don't want to be as a coach. And you just have to be soft. You have to understand that people don't always take advice um, the same way you take advice. So you have to really adjust to and that goes back to our values, treat people the way they want to be treated, not the way you want to be treated. So it is, it's a respect on both levels. And I'll add to that too, that it's so important that going back to dreams we talked about, you know, that we kind of keep our eyes on that prize and that we don't let that one experience, that bad coach that we might run into kind of mess up our dreams, you know, because, and, and to those who coach, to those who educate, you know, I've long said to, to educators, you know, one of the most important jobs in the world. Um, but if you're not careful, sometimes the wrong words can crush the dreams of the person that you're talking to. The same with a coach, as, as it sounds like you experienced. And I think we all have to kind of have a little bit of a defense mechanism around that, recognize that things can go south and then figure out how we're going to rescue ourselves from that situation. Yeah, that's a great point for sure. I think, you know, in high school, you're more of a, in a box, right? So you had to stay, stay within those boundaries. But, we, you know, as you get out into adulthood and in real life, you you do realize that you don't have to take that. You can go find people that really do care and are compassionate about being a coach for you. And I think that's important for you to understand that you got to find the right people because, you know, there are people that will crush your dreams and you don't want that. That's for sure. No, you don't. And there's this, this saying about, you know, that, that, that we kind of are who we hang with. And, you know, I, I think that applies to life. It applies to social media, you know, the people we hang with online. It applies to the people who influence us, like our coaches, like our teachers. Yes, very much so. Influencers. Influencers of, of every kind, right? Influencers, <laughs> yeah. those who influence us in the moment, you know, sitting next to us, perhaps, in, in, in our lives and our work. And, and then there's the bigger idea of influencers online, which I think we have to even be more cautious about, because that's just information that's kind of one direction flowing into us if we allow it to. I think we, we need to be, um, we need to think carefully about, about who we allow to influence us, say it that way. Yeah. And I always looked at influence as kind of like, uh a bad word to me. Um, and probably because I'm thinking of that side, right? The people that influence you in a bad way. And I don't want to be an influencer, even though Sport Clips is telling me you need to be an influencer. But I, I do get that you can be an influencer on on a great level. And then there's also the wrong level. So, you know, I I, I customize my, my Chuck Taylors and I put inspire others instead of being an influencer, because I just kind of try to stay away from that word, um, just because I think there's all kinds of influence out there. 
Yeah, it can be a loaded term. And, and the good news, um, uh, that word is beginning to go away. I, I know I know many, yeah. many of the people in the beauty industry who, who've had that label put upon them. And um, it has shifted now more to brand ambassador. We, they don't, the I word, as someone said to me yesterday, we don't use that anymore. So. Yay, I'm so glad. It's not completely gone, but but it's definitely definitely around. That connects with us to social media. I, I know you're, you're over there a little bit. I have to ask you about your handle on Instagram because I saw it was, I believe it's scissor ensemble. Yes. So tell us, so what is that? What is it? First of all, everybody go follow Stacia, but <laughs> what is scissor ensemble? What, where did that come from? Well, you know, ensemble is really just kind of like a team. And so I, um, I, I like to work in teams and I've always been like that. So I'm not the type of person that can go into this industry and work at a solo salon. That's just not who I am. I know that works for a lot of people and I, I think you should go for what works for you. But for me, I just like to have a team around me. For one, because I like to have fun. And who am I going to prank around the store or salon <laughs> if I don't have a team? Mm -hmm. And who am I going to laugh with? And who am I going to like build relationships with? And who's going to have my back when I'm having a bad day? Or, you know, like that's just the type of um, stylist I am. I need to be, have a team. So Scissor Ensemble was what I created when I, I started the artistic team because we are encouraged to be influencers on social. And, you know, I, I was for, um, it was hard for me. Um, I don't like to talk about myself very often. I don't like, to, I feel like sometimes it's slightly um, narcissistic to always put yourself out there. So that's why it's been really difficult for me to be on social media. Um, but I do, I do like to have fun and I like to post about my team. I like to, you know, that's, that's what I really like social media for is to see what other people are doing, to see what they're proud of and to be able to share in their, in their successes. Love that. Love that. Let me give you the last question we ask all of our guests, which is your best advice. We've, this whole conversation has been about a series of, of pieces of information. I hope the audience can take as advice, but what would be your very best advice to anybody in the industry who's looking to have a, a long, successful, sustainable, and, and most importantly to me, a satisfying career in the professional beauty industry? Well, you know, I think um, we're always looking for mentors and people to guide us to, to make us better. But it's important for you um, as a person just to sometimes take it upon yourself to find new ways to learn, um, research things. Uh, you know, Gordon and I were talking about I went to DevLearn this year and just learning about the technology behind education and the fact that Sport Clips, you know, allowed me to go to that it just expanded my mind more. And it, it sometimes it just takes you to step outside and um, yeah, learn things on your own. So don't be afraid of that. Don't always expect it to fall in your lap that people are going to give it to you. Have, have that endurance to really educate yourself and make yourself even better. And great advice. I mean, I don't know a successful person in this industry who doesn't talk about the power of, of just embracing education at every step of your career. Um, it, it, at minimum, it keeps us fresh and interested. It goes way deeper than that, but that's that's just like the surface, you know? Um, right, it keeps that fire burning inside of you. Yeah, yeah, so uh, keeps us competitive and keeps us uh, so okay. much more. So, um, Stacia, this has been fun. We have to do this again. Yeah, um, this is so fun. I, I, I wanna talk technology with you. I'm thrilled that you brought it up at the end. I, I, I know you've got passion for it as well. You're out there trying artificial intelligence. That excites me. Um, I, I wish more. I, I just saw a study only 18% of Americans have actually tried OpenAI and ChatGPT, which shocks me. So wow. you are ahead of the curve. 
Oh, I tell everybody to use it. I mean, you know, the benefits behind it is just, and it makes us more efficient, really. Like we spend a lot of time working on things that we don't need to be working on. So help, you know, use it to your advantage for sure. And I'll, I'll give one tip on that, on that. Cause I, I, I've been in it now for a year, I guess, close to a year, almost coming up, coming up on a year. And, you know, I love technology, but um, I wouldn't consider myself like a, a total geek. Um, I didn't realize how much Google was becoming a lesser and lesser good experience until ChatGPT came along. And yeah. now I like searching for things, but we're Google, you know, you search for anything. And if you don't ask the question exactly right, God only knows what you're going to come up with, but you're going to come up with like eight ads before you even get to the information. And then even the information might be ads and you don't realize it. And so right. technology is always changing. We've been kind of stuck, I feel, in search for a very long time. And mm -hmm. if, you, if you kind of want to re reinvigorate yourself around the idea of search, I say go out and, and try ChatGPT. Yeah, absolutely. I'm here for that. It is, it is good stuff. So, all right, well, we're going to wrap up. And I want to say thank you so much, so much, so much to Sport Clips, number one, for being a great partner for BeautyCast Network and to the artistic team director and director of training content, two really big titles over at Sport Clips. Um, again, Stacia Kelly, thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you. And thank you to BeautyCast Network and all the future professionals out there. We love you. We're here to help you along your, I don't want to say journey because that also needs to be canceled, but on your path <laughs> of success. So I, I'm, I, I'm with you on that one, Stacia. I'm absolutely with you. So to the audience, I want to say, if you like what you heard today, I encourage you to leave a rating and or review, hit the subscribe button. And of course, the very best yet thing that you can do is share it with a colleague to pay it forward and help others to find the podcast. Be sure to follow us over on Instagram at BeautyCast Network, on Facebook at BeautyCast. Um, and um, yeah, thanks for being here always. This has been the Mastering Beauty Podcast. And uh, be sure to tune in every Sunday for new episodes. I'm Gordon Miller, and uh, I can't wait to share more with you again next time.